Amen. Because this is what will change us. This is what will help us. But we love and appreciate Brother Sanford and his willingness to come to preach to us and come our way. And let's put our hands together and welcome this pulpit again this morning. Bless you, brother. Why don't we go ahead and praise him this morning? He is great and greatly to be praised. There's a praise in the house. Personal rendition. Somebody ought to offer him a brand new praise. A praise of excellence. Our past has been pardoned. Our sins forgiven. Blotted out. Erased. Eliminated. A very clean slate. I mean, he's thankful for a fresh start. A new beginning. Woo! <laughs> I feel that today God is offering somebody a fresh start, a new beginning, that from this moment going forward, things will be different. Standing right over there while we were singing and entertaining the presence of the Lord, I do believe I had a moment when God spoke to me and impressed me to tell somebody just like the prophet had said about this time tomorrow, things are going to change rapidly, radically. What he was saying in essence, to paraphrase, he was speaking to that city that had been besieged by famine. It was the worst of times, but he was simply saying, it's going to be okay. And I felt the Holy Ghost speak to me to tell somebody, it's going to be okay. Judge nothing before it's time. Between now and then, the water will clear. It may be a mud hole. It may be murky. It may be muddy. You just can't see anything positive, anything productive. But something beyond the norm is getting ready to step into that situation. He's talking about prophets and the prophetic. I don't claim to be a prophet, but the prophetic is on me right now. To tell somebody in spite of present circumstances, it's going to be okay. It's according to my faith. It's according. Do we want to obey the Holy Ghost today? I feel a direction in the Holy Ghost. God has chartered a course. A Pacific direction that He wants this church to go in today, it's going to be all right. That's basically what he told Simon. I'm going to let you be seated. You know me. I know you. We don't have to go through all the pleasantries and the introductions. And there's nothing wrong with that. He looked at Simon one time with all of his fallacies and all of his faults and flaws and all of his imperfections and shortcomings. He said, I have a word for you, Simon. He said, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. He said, I'll give you the bad news first. Satan is going to make a play at your expense. He's going to make a move toward you. He's going to try everything that he can to circumvent, to undermine my plan and purpose for your life. There's going to be moments of weakness, moments of failure, moments of you sit in quandary and you ponder it all and wonder if you have any value left, any worth. But he said, that's the bad news. Now for the good news. But I have prayed for you. Because you see, Satan is desiring to sift you as wheat. He wants to ravish and dissect and destroy. He wants to devastate your destiny. He wants to get between uh, you and what God has planned for you. And it's going to look like it's going to be all hope is lost and there's no chance for recovery. You, you, you might even be contemplated to, tempted to do what Judas did when Satan entered him. But he said, I want you to understand something. Your failure does not have to be fatal. And your failure and your shortcomings do not have to be final. I'm in the Holy Ghost today. I come with a sermon, but God 
has dropped this into my spirit and I learned a long time ago to lay my personal agenda aside. My itinerary doesn't meet the need, but God has an itinerary. God has a plan. He has a purpose for somebody. And I want to tell somebody that's in a season of great distress, David was there too. And he said, in my distress, he didn't try to sugarcoat it. <laughs> he didn't try to camouflage it. He, he didn't try to present himself in one light. He said, no, I'm transparent. I just want to be honest. He said, I'm in a distressed Distressing time. I, I, I'm in a, in a place of quandary. I'm in a place of difficulty. He said, I'm entertaining all type of negative, destructive thoughts. See, God loves us enough that he'll come to where we are and meet us at our point of need. And there are multiple needs in this house, but some of, of the essence. Some are priorities. Some, I believe, uh, serve an even greater purpose because there are minor needs and there are major needs. And, and then there are needs that even go beyond what we call major. And somebody under the sound of this evangelist's voice, you're in a distressing time. But in your distress, I believe you're going to do what David did. David said, I cried unto the Lord from a place of misunderstanding, from a place of being wounded and, and bombarded and, and a barrage of evil and even humanistic attacks and assaults have come crashing into my world. I want to do what David did. I will cry unto the Lord from my trouble. I will lift up a voice of reasoning. I will declare that God is for me. And if God is on my side, who or what then can win against me? I've come to tell somebody it's going to be okay. I know this may be beneath many of you and so simplistic. And you may choose to tune me out and turn me off. But for somebody that has walked in here and you're in that season. God knew you were there. I'm not smart enough to know it. I didn't pick up on it in my five senses. But the Holy Ghost has spoke to me. Tell somebody that there are changes coming. That they're at a place place where miracles still happen and God gives a brand new lease on life and God releases a brand new path that you can trod and you can walk in. He offers you change beyond where you are right now. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. If you want to play it safe and you don't want to rock the boat, and you want to just, you know, remain calm, cool, and somewhat collect. And, and you just want to just kind of go through the calisthenics and the motions of, of a good Sunday morning service. And every once in a while nod. And, and every now and then, amen, the preacher, then more power to you. But there's some of you, your situation will not allow you to remain what we call cool and calm and collect. There's some of you that's ready to get out. Out of the box. That's been resonating in my spirit all morning long. Out of the box. And I thought, God, that would preach better on Sunday night than on a Sunday morning. And he reminded me, but you need to remember where you are. You're going to be preaching to people that got out of the box a long time ago. They threw the box away. Some of them took it out and burned it. And they have decided never to go back to a predictable pattern. Not just the evangelists, but many of you have come to this service open-minded. And you are willing to let God do what He wants to do. So what if the preacher don't get to preach your sermon? So what if he doesn't preach a camp meeting sermon every time? So what if it's not a sermon title that knocks your socks off? The only thing that matters, I need somebody to speak into my distressing time and remind me that God has got this and everything's going to be okay. 
I wish somebody that believed that it's going to be better than okay. I wish you would shout. I wish you would give God praise. I wish you would sound an alarm. Brother Randy, it's going to be okay. God says it's already okay. Simon, others will discount you. Others will seek to disfellowship you. Some will try to put you in quarantine. Some will label you a lost cause, a loser, a bad person. But I'm glad that God doesn't look at us the way people look at us. Some in your own family may say you're problematic. You're always upset. You're always concerned. You're always spewing negative derogatory remarks of hopelessness. And they look at you as somebody that's just what I would call a high prechondriac in Pentecost. Always got something going on. But I got news for you that's getting ready to change. Because God says, I want you to know, I have prayed for you. And not if, but when the change comes. It's going to minister to others. It's going to preach a sermon to somebody else. That if God can bring you up and out of that impossible situation... I got a feeling he can do it for me. I've come to tell you many will hear and be glad. Many will see it and rejoice in what God has done for you. Because he did not leave you in the darkness. He did not leave you wounded by the roadside. But he's the good Samaritan today that's going to minister to your needs. Give him praise right now. Sis, it's going to be okay. (laughs) While we were singing and worshiping a few moments ago, and I'm not anybody's judge. See, we all have gathered today, and this place is a level playing field. No big eyes and little U's, no super spiritual and other thing. No, we have all walked into this place needy. We've all walked into this place flawed, imperfect, wounded, hurting. A lot of questions that seem to have, we've got more questions than answers sometimes. And I noticed as people were worshiping, I noticed the intense praise and worship that was going forth from you and the tears that was flowing and the Holy Ghost spoke to me to tell you that in your distress and I realize with all of us that paints with a broad brush because we've all got areas that qualify as distress but the Lord said just remind her it's going to be okay So God is using you as an object lesson to minister to all the rest of us because some will not blow their cover. Others will do their best to to, to make sure the tears don't flow, to make sure there's not a change of expression on their face. But if we're honest and transparent, we're all at a place in life when we need divine intervention. We need God to step into our world And light up the darkest of nights that some of us may be in right now. But I've come to tell you, if you ever needed a word from the Lord, I've got one today and it's not me, it's God's word. It's going to be okay. Do you believe that God's got this? That nothing happens to us unless God signs off on it. It's already passed his desk weeks ago. And God looked at it and reviewed it. And he said, it's okay. 
I've got this. They're going to be in a wilderness. They're going to be in a season of misunderstanding. There's going to be a season of confusion. And there may even be moments of argument. There may be moments of, I'm preaching to all, doubts. But I want you to know, God says, I've got this. I really don't quote this scripture every time I preach. Maybe just every other time. Well, not that often. But maybe we ought to preach it to repeatedly just uh, after every song after every comment is made we ought to just remind ourselves that weeping may endure for a night but God wants us to understand it's going to be okay because joy comes in the morning now that doesn't mean a whole lot to you if you're on the mountain and you don't have a lot of care and worry and you got plenty of money and the kids are healthy and you've got a good job and a good place to live and the money's good and life is wonderful. But for some in this house on this December day, it's unbeknowings to many, many people what you are entertaining and what you are going through. But God says if you can trust me in the night season. If you can trust me when you don't understand me. If you can trust me when you cannot even see me. I want to remind us that he's working when I don't see it. He's working when I don't feel it. My God never stops. Well if we sing it we ought to believe it. If we preach it, we ought to believe it. I've been in this church and a lot of other churches that start singing that song and the people go bunkers. The people get out. They go out of their mind. They start shouting. They start running. And all we're doing is singing about a reality. I've come to tell somebody it's not going to become a reality. It's already a reality in the present. God is working. God is moving. He's doing the unbelievable. He's moving the unmovable. He is changing the unchangeable. He's healing that which says cannot be healed. If we can lose our mind over a song, and we ought to, because we're emotional creatures, then how much the more? See, you can shout it and not believe it. You can get caught up in the beat, the emotion of the moment. Somebody beside you can just go crazy, and you don't want to look bad. So you better, oh, hallelujah. Because you don't want people to think that you're dead and twice plucked up by the roots. And you're just a stick in the mud. You ain't felt anything in 30 years. Well, I'm just preaching, okay? If you can lose your mind over a song, you ought to lose your mind over a sermon, over a fresh word, a word of consolation, a word of promise, a word of hope. A word of what God is doing in your life. I'm not preaching for a response. But yet I want to remind somebody. You ought to go ahead and celebrate what God has already done in your life. Is this okay, Pastor? I'm not surprising anybody. Y'all know know me. I got here... Yesterday evening, and on the way down here, God talking to me, giving me sermons for this place. I'm not even going to get to preach it this morning. I have to pull off the side of the road, write some notes. I'm going down the road trying to write notes, keep from having a wreck. I'm having to be careful. Now, I don't have the best handwriting anyway. But when you're going down the road and you're hitting bumps and you're trying to write, and then you get here and you're trying to read your own writing, it's not easy. Hello, I got here, I don't know what time it was, it was, I don't know, five o'clock or so, I don't remember, uh, and, and I didn't hardly look up till about midnight, because I, I, I was studying, and God giving me messages, and putting things down, and putting it all together, trying to, and now I walk in here ready to preach it, and God said, I don't think so, Amen. hello, 
Well, maybe tonight. Maybe tomorrow night. You know, there's going to be Monday night church. He's announced it. I cheated. I got on your website. Yesterday morning early. I said, I better see if he still knows I'm coming. Wednesday night, he announced it. He said, he's coming if he doesn't get in something like that. You know how it is. And, uh, I'm surprised most of you showed up. Announced I was coming. Hello? It's time to get real. Amen. We need help. And the heifer's here. I'll just go ahead and close this. I said the heifer's here. I mean, is every voice. I need some help here. It's frustrating to be trying to do something and, and everybody just standing around watching. One fellow said, I'm not scared to be lazy. You ever start doing something around the house and you're really putting forth an effort and you finally get through and then somebody says, oh, would you, would you like me to help you? Need some help? Sounds like my daughter. Why putting up the Christmas stuff? Yeah, Y'all may not believe in Christmas trees around here. Christmas tree. So I went upstairs and my wife said, bring all that stuff down. Putting away other stuff. We bring it all down. I'm toting it all back upstairs. What was downstairs that needed to be get out of the way and get it all done. And my daughter, well, y'all need some help? Just get out of the way. That helped me just get out of the way. You're getting in the way. I got news for you. The Lord is serving notice on some problems and sickness and pain and wounds. Get out of the way. Get out of my people's way. Moses showed up and had a word. Let my people go. And God is speaking a word today. It's going to be okay. There's some things that you've been tripping over. Stumbling into. Bumping into. That God is about to remove. From your path. There is a better moment coming. Somebody said, come on, elaborate. I need more than a moment. There's a better season coming. There's a better time coming. Coming. And he told Simon, you're going to fail. Satan desires to, and he's going to think that he owns you because of your failure he's going to think you belong to him that there's no possible way that you could ever recover from this terrible terrible atrocity and offense sin that you've committed not in just cursing but I mean at this particular point Simon was a very good sinner he took it to depths and heights if you will he didn't just use vulgarity and profanity and curse. He didn't just deny the Lord one time, but three times. There's no way he can possibly come back from that. But he did. You, you know the story. Jesus said, I prayed for you. And for those that don't believe in the prophetic, don't believe in prophesying, don't believe in God speaking to you and revealing to you things about your past, your present, and your future. Jesus laid the groundwork that day for prophecy. Hello? Well, I don't really know if I believe in all the gifts of the Spirit, people calling you out, giving you zip. Let everything be done decent and in order. God's not the author of confusion. I don't believe... And I know there are men that are gifted, but, but, but God have mercy on them if they ever try to use their giftings to manipulate people. Hello? For their own personal gain. Hello? This is God's work. This is God's house. This is the kingdom of God. Life and death. It's in the balance. 
Jesus said, when, not if, but when. He spoke prophetically into his life. And he said, I want you to know all the bad news, but here's the good news. It's going to be okay. You're going to recover. You're going to be saved. You're going to be converted. And when you are, strengthen the brethren. I'm going to tell you something. Simon, if there was one disciple that could hold on to the word of the Lord, it was Simon. Because I believe that's what got him back up. That's what ensured his recovery. He remembered what the Lord said. I'm sure he was so overwhelmed with remorse and sorrow and guilt and condemnation that he, he wanted to just give up and shut down. and Maybe even take his own life, but he kept remembering when thou art converted. In other words, where I am right now is not where my story is supposed to end. God's getting ready to add a brand new chapter, a brand new page to the story of my life. I'm talking to somebody right now that's in distress. And there are many in this house that fall into that category. But I've come with a fresh word today. We're out of the box, if you will, to tell somebody the Lord is saying it's going to be okay. But we only have enough meal, enough oil. Prepare one last meal for my son and I, and we're going to eat it and die. I've said it before, but she had just enough faith to die on. But we need faith to live. And the prophet said, you, you, you just go ahead and, and make me a cake. You, you prepare me a meal. What he was simply saying, it's going to be okay. And by her being obedient, whew, it ensured her future. And during that famine, every time she needed groceries, every time she needed the necessary ingredients to prepare a meal, there was meal and there was oil. Every time, whatever she needed, there was enough. Can I tell somebody that God's grace is sufficient for the season of life that you're in right now? Lift your hands and give him praise for that. Somebody hear the word of the Lord today. It's going to be okay. Hallelujah. I'm convinced of it. I feel a boldness in the Holy Ghost today. I'm going to prophesy and tell somebody. Somebody said, well, you're going to call them by name? No, it's according to your faith. Some will immediately qualify for this prophecies and others will disqualify themselves because they don't think it applies to them or they don't believe it. But to those who believe it and to those who know that God is speaking to their situation, I've come to tell you prophetically in the Holy Ghost, not if, but when. It's going to happen. The word change has become a buzzword in Pentecost. It, 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 God help us that it become, it needs to become more than a buzzword or a cliche. But I've come to tell somebody, there are some beautiful changes coming into that situation. Somebody said, well, this is another faith sermon by Sanford. I don't write the script. I don't set the order of services up. God speaks. As a minister, it's easier to stay in the box and preach what you got notes for. Because if there's a pause and you have a, a senior moment and part-timers hit and you forget what you was fixing to say as if that never happens to you, oh, there's the next word. You can just pick right up. They'll never know. Hello? But when you step out of the boat and you're open and transparent and naked before God and say, God, if you don't help me, God help these people. Because 
I get paid the big bucks to be good. I, just, <laughs> I got a word for you. It'll be okay. I just said that to get your attention. <laughs> Whatever will have to be. I didn't say it would be okay. It just have to be. I didn't say I'd leave with a bad spirit, just a bad attitude. Hello? But I've come to tell you. The most important thing about this entire service is not about show, personality, and even preaching. Hello? It's about somebody getting a fresh word that speaks hope. That God really does know where we are at all times. Hello? You take your little kids to the zoo. You're going to make sure you know where they are at all times. You go to the mall. You better know where that little toddler is at all times. And you better know where that 10-year-old is at all times. We're living in dangerous times. But you want to make sure that you know. I got neighbors on down the road that's got little small two and three year olds. And they're out there by the road playing. And mom is in there doing something. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with people? No, I'm not paranoid. Now my, my daughter-in-law's got a word. And I love my daughter-in-law, but... Anybody, you ever get spoken to certain words and it just burns you up? Sets you on a slow burn, but you have to hide it because you're a Christian. A preacher. A man of God. Prophesy sometimes. Spiritual, I hope. And I'll, I'll tell her, I say, Courtney, you need to, this, this, when you go to the mall, know where them kids are, as if she didn't already know that. And she'll look at me, she'll say, in that certain tone, it'll be all right, Poppy. Kind of a sarcastic way. It'd be all right. And she told me one time, she said, and she'll find out because my son sometimes listens in. He may not listen to hear me preach, but he listens to some of these other good preachers y'all get in here. He don't listen to himself. He's like me. Uh-huh. Let somebody else critique it. But if he tunes this in, he'll, he'll find. And she'll look at me. Sometimes she'll say, you're just paranoid. I said, no. Been there, done that. right I had a kid before you were born had a three year old when you discovered America I got more experience under my belt hello I said it's better I'm not paranoid I just want to be cautious they even took I was talking this when they went down to Florida that time. To, what do they have down? Disney World, Disneyland, whatever it is. So many people and people there just predators. And I said, know where your kids are. He told my son, know where your kids are. He didn't say nothing, but he looked at me. <laughs> That's just dead. Giving advice. I told him, I said, yeah, there come a day, deja vu. I'm not paranoid. I said it's too late once they've been kidnapped. Can you imagine the panic? I said because I'm the voice of experience in Indianapolis, Indiana. I think it was 1991. So that would put Adrian. Three years old. And we were at the zoo. Keeping an eye on him. 
And just that quick, y'all know what I'm talking about, couldn't find him. And the panic, with hundreds of people there, my wife's about to go out of her mind. Where is he? I said, I don't know. But I'm sure looking. I'm running around there like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to, and we're hollering, we're running, we can't find him, and we're panicked. We found him. And I said, if they want to accuse me from now on of being paranoid, they'll just have to. I'm going to hold your hand. We're going to look at the zebras together. The giraffes together. Hello? Amen? I'm telling you right now. God wants you to understand you are not lost. He knows right where you are. We get in a panic mode sometimes because of situations that happen in our lives. But God has never one time broke a sweat. He's never one time been plagued with trepidation and fear and worry and anxiety. Lift your voice right now. I want you to feel the hand of God as it wraps around your hand today as you get a word of assurance that God knows where you are. This is no time to panic. God knows where your children are that are lost. Why don't we stand to our feet? I've preached long enough. brought out some natural things to illustrate the spiritual things. <laughs> Felt it during the prayer session as many were coming up for prayer. Begin to just flow out of my mouth. I am healed. And the Lord said, I'd like you to challenge my church today. To speak a word in faith. I am healed. Hello. But I have pain. Speak it anyway. Because God is greater than the evidence. He's greater than the pain. He's greater than the diagnosis. He's greater than your latest lab work. <laughs> Say so the numbers weren't what you wanted them to be. Triglycerides and cholesterol and blood sugar and blood pressure. But I got news for you. God is greater. It's okay. It's going to be all right. As the musicians come. Whew. I've come to tell you. God knows where we are. This may have been disappointing, I don't know, but, but I've just had to obey the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Anybody feel his hand? Taking a few moments here. We're not out of Lowell or Paul, I'm telling you. Do you feel the hand of the Lord on you? the more there have been times when in prayer and in praise I would suddenly be made aware that it was taken care of a particular need and at that particular time the present or even in the coming hours and few days nothing would support that knowing Good and well that I felt God take care of it. But in the next three to four days, it got worse. Because God, see, knows the ending from the beginning. God already took care of it. You just have to give God time. 
I've come to tell somebody you may not feel any different. You may still have the sickness, the pain, the anxiety, the stress, the heaviness. I got a phone call a couple of days ago. A man said, my wife is going through something mentally, stress and worry. I'd like for you to pray for her. Tried to put us on three-way on the phone, and I was on the road. We didn't get a good connection. He says, is it all right if I text you her number and you call her? I've never done that. I normally would not do that. But I know them very, very well. And I said, I'll do that. I'll make an exception. I'll do that. I don't call women for no reason, any reason. Knew them very well. And I began to pray. And as I was praying for her, I said, God is releasing right now a peace in your mind and spirit. It's happening right now. Said a few more prayers. Hung up. He called me in just a little while. He said, Brother Sanford, my wife just called me and said, as you were praying for her, that heaviness lifted. And there was a peace and a calm that came to me that I have not experienced in a long time. I've come to tell somebody, David, if he can be delivered out of his distress. I cried unto the Lord in my distress and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Can we gather in today? This is a personal thing today for every one of us. Come on, take this personal. God wants to help you today. You don't have to try to deal with those emotions by yourself, those feelings, those anxieties, those, those moments of panic when you feel overwhelmed and your nerves feel short-circuited and, and you feel like you're about to have a breakdown. Ladies, would y'all take one another by the hand and begin to pray corporately? Men, take one another, lift your hands, take a hand, lay a hand on the shoulder, let's pray. I feel a sweeping presence of comfort moving into this house. It's going to be okay. At the appointed time, you will see it. You will step into it. You'll know it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sis, it's okay. <laughs> no, you're the keyboard. Lift your hands right now. God wants to touch you. Every service is always different. How many need help today? That's a start in the right direction is to admitting, God, I can't do this by myself. What I'm going through, I cannot survive this alone. I need help. <laughs> but help is here. You ever noticed? It says he's a very present help. Not just a present help, but special emphasis on the very. In other words, make no mistake about it. He's a very present help. As they sing, let's pray one with another again. God is ministering to the body today. The body needs rest. 
the body needs strength we need our spiritual vitamins today God's touching the body you have given
as careful as Peter did he wept and cried and repented but he didn't have a word from the word maker called Jesus Christ but Peter had a word so regardless of what you feel this morning we don't walk by feeling the just walks by faith and so by the word we make that stand Regardless of the storm, because it's that rock and it's that word that we stand on that let them beat and let them storm and let them blow, let them do. Amen. But this word's going to see me through, regardless of what it looks like and regardless of how I'm feeling right now. This word's going to bring me out to the other side. This word's going to fulfill that. And so Peter had a word and he was like to a lot of people, a rock, a stone. And so he had that word. What Judas did. Because if you don't stand on the word of God, you're going down. You're going down. It's the word that's going to get us out of here. Thank God for the word. Brother Sanford, you hit something else. The Holy Ghost touched me about this week. Toward the end of this message. He just, he just bumped it. He just... Obedience. Obedience. <laughs> If you stand on the word and obey the word, the word will get you through. Bottom line. I don't care what they're saying. I don't care what you're feeling. I don't care what anybody else is saying. It's going to get you through. You're going to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Amen. By the word of God and by obeying the word of God, it's going to get us out of here. Thank you, Brother Sanford, for obeying the Lord this morning. Not following the notes. But obeying God and obeying the Holy Ghost. Take to heart what's been spoke to us here this morning. I promise you, there's a lot more said here this morning. So you, 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 you take it. Amen. It's going to be all right. God's got it. God's got it. We're in the palm of his hand. And no man can pluck us out. Let's hold on. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Let's continue to pray for one another. Back here tonight. Amen. Um, praise practice. I don't really know. Uh, I don't know if she'd be up to it or not. So can y'all do it without her? <laughs> do, you, do y'all want to do it without her? Praise God. I'm leaving it up to y'all. <laughs> Amen. Y'all want me to come lead you? Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. Come back believing. Touch of God. A move of the Holy Ghost in this house. Amen. God's with us. God's for us. You know what? We're going to win. We're going to win. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you. Don't forget tomorrow night service too. Tomorrow night service. Not Wednesday, but tomorrow night. Okay? God bless you.